0: Hey guys, welcome to the 23rd episode of The Learning Podcast. And if you aren't sure, it's a Singaporean podcast dedicated to learning something new from every single guest on this show. And today I have a very big privilege of having Dr. Nisha on the show. Dr. Nisha, thanks so much for coming all the way to the east of Singapore. It's
1: my pleasure. Um,
0: So, for context, right, Dr. Nisha is a professor, she's a consultant, she's a trainer, she's an educator, and she has a PhD in finance and accounting. And she's been teaching in universities. I think she's currently teaching in the London School of Business and Finance. And she has over a decade's worth of experience. If I'm not wrong, it's about 18 years right now. And she has taught MBA classes. So, when it comes to these conversations, right, I don't feel very smart, but I want to be able to perhaps understand her journey in terms of being an academic in terms of her thought process of doing what she does in her research field whether it's teaching research so I think a couple of reasons why I think this conversation will be helpful firstly if there are any university students out there who are interested in pursuing the academic route I think it's very interesting honestly it's something that didn't really appeal to me but I have some friends that are very passionate about research and I'm sure that in her experience, she can share some of her experience when it comes to teaching MBA students or at least coaching MBA students to become professors themselves. So I'm sure there's a lot that, you, that we can dig into. Secondly, Dr. Nisha' expertise is in finance and valuation in that realm. So I'm, I, I think she helps startups and businesses to evaluate their overall strategy when it comes to valuation. So in a realm of startups, if let's say you're intending to raise millions of dollars, or at least capital for a business, you need to have a certain framework to convince investors that your business is sound, mathematically wise, logically wise, in order to get that money in the first place. I know, and I know that she has a lot of experience when it comes to doing all this kind of technical analysis, the big macro themes that you need to take into account of. Please correct me. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. uh, the last reason, Why I think this conversation might be helpful is that Dr. Nisha actually recently, if I'm not wrong, just started on her consulting journey in terms of creating her own consulting company whereby she has a group of trainers where she helps companies with their overall strategy when it comes to finance. Whether it's I'm not sure if it deals with investment. Strategy as well. Strategy as well. So yeah, these are the macro concepts which I think Will be useful, and I apologize in advance for not understanding because this is part of my process in understanding your thought process great. as You're well. Great, no, I mean? Not really, uh, Doctor Nisha. For those right. listeners that don't know who you are, could you just give a very quick introduction of who you are before we go all the way back into how you began this journey of being involved in research in the first place?
1: Yeah, so I'm based out of Singapore, and uh, because of my husband's work, we keep traveling. So I've uh, lived in India. Then we moved to Sri Lanka, then Japan. Oh, sorry. Before, Shri, before before Japan, we were in Singapore. And then Singapore, we went to Japan for three and a half years and we came back to Singapore. So it's been a very interesting journey, uh, very interesting life for me.
0: And I, if I go back to your university days, right, yeah. at what point, what do you study? And at what point did you decide that research was something that you were interested in?
1: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I started my career. Uh, I started my education, higher mm-hmm. education, uh, pursuing chartered accountancy in mm-hmm. India. Mm-hmm. So Indian chartered accountancy is quite tough. Mm-hmm. You can relate it to doing MD in doctor, doctor, you yes. know, doctorate, something sorry, like that. What is
0: chartered accountancy? I'm not sure,
2: so sure.
1: Okay, so chartered accountancy is like you are you are a certified accountant okay. and an auditor okay. who can work as auditor statutory auditor or mm. internal auditor or a tax consultant mm. for companies mm. so you are you're basically certified you know mm. and uh, you have the right to sign like you see auditors in pwc yes price waterhouse coopers mm. eny yes so all those are certified accountant so mm. in india it is called ca mm. in singapore also it is called ic like uh, isca is doing that mm. so isca yes um, and uh, comparative degree to ca is mm. acca mm. Uh, in singapore and uh, when it goes when you talk about london also it's mm. it's institute of chartered accountants of england and wales so mm. they are giving the ca degree mm. and acca is also prevalent there mm. And in US, it is CPA.
0: Mm. In
1: Australia, also it is CPA. So all our comparative degrees, comparables.
0: Were you working for accountant for a while before you started your research journey or was it an immediate jump? No, that's oh no.
1: quite an interesting yeah. one in my life. So I was doing, when I started, okay, let me start right from the high school. Yes. So when I was in high school, uh, in 11th grade, mm. I saw a couple of my classmates applying to U.S. for higher education. Mm. And I was, I always wanted to, you know, I was also feeling uh, that I should go to U.S. and study. Mm. But uh, despite of my, like, academic work, I Mm. was kind of a topper in my class mm. so and when I did my 12th also like the higher A-levels mm. yes. uh, I topped my city. Okay so, I see I see. <laughs> so I was that uh, in school I had that kind of uh, level but uh, as far as my family is concerned so we my father could not afford to send me to US mm. that time. Um, then I applied for some scholarships but at the end it uh, you know it came to like it it came to that level that I could not go and my father agreed to send me to another place called Delhi which is the capital of India and uh, I applied to the top two colleges like you have NUS NTU here so in Delhi we have um, we have SRCC and LSR Mm. and I got into both of those colleges. Um, but the problem was the hostel, so I missed the hostels college hostel by 0.5 percentage. Wow. So okay. my scores were 90 percent, mm. and the hostel cutoff was 90.5. Oh man! So my father, like you know, that time he was very scared because Delhi is not a safe place. Also, so mm. he said that unless you get into a college hostel, I can't. Kind of I can't keep you in a paying guest accommodation or in a separate apartment Mm. because daily up and down and commute in Delhi is also very unsafe. So he decided to, you know, take me back to my place, which which is called Udaipur. Mm. So I came back to my home Mm. and then uh, he said that, why don't you do CA? So... I was like I didn't want to stay at home and do CA right so but I said okay because I have no option so he went and uh, I registered in the local college I got admission in the local college in New that's called College of Commerce and Management Studies I enrolled for Chartered Accountancy and then my father also you know went and spoke to computer institute mm. and I got scholarship there as mm. well so I did two years computer course mm. um, doing covering C up till C language and C++ mm. so that was the programming side I did and then when I started doing CA it was more of a self-study mm. so I used to go to college but for a few hours mm. and then I did self-study for nine months to mm. do the first level of CA mm. and I cleared it in a merit I got uh, a merit score like you know mm. good score and after that we were supposed to start the internship under a CA yes Uh, like so we had to work for three years I think Mm. under a chartered accountant and I started working but I had some hiccups there as well Mm. so in India you'll be surprised to hear that when I was working under a CA for full day Mm. they used to pay us only 300 rupees which is about mm, three no it's about six dollars five to six dollars
2: no, um, per month. Per month. Yeah,
1: okay. that is the money, and then the money that we spend, like going there,
2: mm. on coming home, coming
1: home, everything. Like, yeah. and the amount of effort that goes into, and then you have because you are doing work full day for them, mm. you don't get time to study, so you have to go for tuitions, like self study tuitions, or mm. you know you have to pay to, for the books and all. So mm. it was not affordable, economically, economically feasible. feasible, but. All the students in CA they do this in mm. India. Now it's a little better. Now mm. they pay better just, wages. Wages or base, base What do you say, stipend? Mm. Yeah. So now it's become better, but that that time it was tough. Mm. So all the money used to go in the petrol or the fuel, mm. you know, that you put in your scooter. Mm. So that was the kind of life that I had. Mm. But I completed that, and uh, unfortunately, or unfortunately, because I was in a small city like Udaipur, yes. I wanted to get out that, get out of that, and do internship. So again, I could get internship in Udaipur itself. So that was Coca Cola company. Mm. I worked for Coca Cola for. Uh, it was supposed to be an internship, but they liked my work, and I worked for 18 months there. Okay. And uh, I—that that is where my ambitions got ignited, yeah. and I wanted to work in a multinational company. But before that, I had to finish my finals, mm. so I had done two levels of CA and mm. started working in the company. Mm. But I had to finish my exam mm. so that I could get out of my city, mm. right? Huh. That was a big thing, you know, uh, when it came to final, there were some family pressures in the sense that I should get married mm. because I was 22 by that time.
2: Yes,
1: And uh, my some of my cousins of my age, they were getting married. So my parents were thinking that I should also get married at a right age. Mm. And uh, because I was working, I was getting tired. Mm. So... You know, my eyes were black. I was not taking care of my body. So my parents were a little worried that if this girl becomes totally career-minded, then she may not come back to family life, right? So they said that, okay, you first get married and then rest of the things will fall automatically. Mm -hmm. You know, you can... Okay then I also thought that if that's a good way to get out of the place so I said okay I'll get married mm. and then um, yeah I got uh, I got engaged while I was working in Coke I got engaged and uh, but the thing was that I uh, the place where I was working for my CA internship that place was earlier very friendly but uh, due to some reasons they started counting my holidays or the number of hours mm. so unfortunately because of some family reasons and whatever like mm. the number of hours fell short for the exam yeah so you had to complete few hours like those hours of in- internship to sit for the exam yes but i could not complete that okay and how then, many hours
0: are we talking about like 50 60 no it, it was it about over a semester it, over it was summer? about
1: but you can say about 300 days or something okay. some, like okay. you know of some but I fell short of some days okay. and uh, then that's the reason why I could not sit for the exam mm. now when I couldn't sit for the exam the exam was in the month of May mm. and my wedding was fixed in July
2: Oh. So, <laughs> oh
1: no. so I could not sit for the exam in May and I got married in July mm. But that time, my husband was also a CA. So yeah. he was traveling yeah. around mm. the country as uh, working with ITC. It's a very, you know, good company. Yeah. So that time he was also doing auditor or management training kind of thing mm. where, you know, he was traveling around the city, mm. uh, around India, sorry. Okay. So when he was traveling, I was also traveling with him. So mm. all the time, the so next At
0: pic- that time, you weren't working, more of a co- more, you're more of a him is it? Yeah. So CA, because okay.
1: I left my job in Coca Cola, I yes. uh, bef- because of my exam and my exam I could not sit when mm. I filled the exam mm, paper. The, yeah. the, 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 sorry, when I filled the exam form, yeah.
2: The reject form that.
1: rejected because yeah. there was short of days articleship, mm. so I had to wait till November. That was the next attempt. Mm. due. The, after wedding, I was traveling around, ah. and then in October, I came back to my parents' place to sit for the exam. And that time, I found out that I am pregnant.
0: Oh, okay. So, that's so, a whole new different uh, <laughs> life. Really, yeah. Life happens.
1: Yeah. Uh. So, while I was writing my corporate law exam, yeah. I was feeling nausea, yeah. vomiting, and all that. I'm not giving excuses for not <laughs> passing it, but yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. So, you it, like, didn't, didn't pass it? I didn't pass. but the
0: Things that are happening I and mentally also yeah. like
1: so early. I got married in July and October, yeah. and I already I was like 22, 23 years old, so very young. Yeah. I was not matured enough. Yeah. Anyway, so in Ju- November I got pregnant, mm. and then my due date was mm. again June. Yes. So May I could not. Yeah. Fill the fill the exam fill mm. the form mm. again. I missed that May, and mm. then I uh, but. When in May, I could not do it, I thought I'll never be able to complete chartered accountancy mm. because it's self-study more. Yes. You don't go to a college, sit in the class and do it. You have to be determined to sit in your place mm. and study for 10 hours a day mm. and go for classes or whatever. But then mm. you have to you know, focus on it. Yes. But so many things going on in your life, mm. you have a husband, you are pregnant, or you uh, you have a child, small child in your lap. Mm. How do you study? So <laughs> I <laughs> I decided that I'll not study CA, I'll give it up, okay. and I'll go for MBA. Because oh. in MBA at least, I'll, I can have a maid at home,
2: mm.
1: I can go to a nine to five class. Yes. And write the exam as per the, you know, the college does it. So, yes, it's yes. not so competitive. Also, yes. I would like to mention here that the CA qualification to get in India, only 2% of the candidates were selected that time.
0: Is it based on a bell curve or is it based on a passing mark?
1: It's it's based on the passing mark, but it's like...
0: Extremely well, high. Yeah, it's oh, ex- okay.
1: extremely... You make one
0: mistake, you feel. Is it, is yes, oh, it's no. very,
1: very difficult. Okay. So... You know, I was like scared I could, I will not be able to do with the small child, so Mm. I I just completely gave it up and I came, I started looking for MBA uh, programs programs and went around the city. I was based out of Delhi that time. Mm. So I got admission in one of the colleges. Mm. I came back home Mm. and I spoke to my husband, my Mm. father-in-law and my dad. Mm. I said, I'm going to do MBA. Would you be able to finance it? Mm. Like, you know, my father-in-law said, yeah, we will be. And my But my father, when I called him up, mm. he said, you are 75% done for your CA. Why mm. do you want to do another two years of MBA? Yeah. And, you know, just yes. go ahead and do complete the 25%. Yes,
0: yes, you're almost there. But almost there. there.
1: Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't cost you at all. Yeah. Like the fees for doing entire program... Mm. Is about I can say about sixty dollars or seventy dollars yeah, max yeah. in in Singapore terms. I'm mm. so I'm talking in terms mm. of SGD. Mm. That's the entire three years CA programs fees seventy dollars. Mm. And when it comes to MBA, it yeah. was about four to five thousand dollars. Yes. So my my dad said that why don't you complete your CA. Mm. Get a helper, get a full-time mate, mm. give your child to your helper and sit and study at mm. home. Mm. Yeah, that way you'll be able to take care of your child as well and mm. you will be able to study. Mm. So I did that. I, I really got a you know setback that he's not willing to you know, finance. so you or decided on I a CA. You going Yeah, to I, I just okay. went to the study room. I picked up the book and I started studying that yeah. day. And then my husband saw me and then he said that, you know, it's kind of tough self-study is tough so he said okay I've got some savings I can give you a car a mm. driver mm. and the fees for your tuitions yeah. so he started sending me for tuitions and the helper was taking care of my CA tuitions CA tuitions yes. okay. you know because there are lots there were lots of tutors in one place mm. there was one place where you could Go and study full day, mm. like from one class to the other class. It's very
0: helpful to have that kind of environment.
1: Yes, yeah. because then you have students along with you, yeah. the group studies. You right? share the
0: difficulties, you, hey, how do you solve this? Yeah, and you solve it together. exactly.
1: And some guidance really helps. So yeah. my husband said, okay, you should better attend those classes. Mm. And, uh, you know, the helper will take care and we'll take care. So my in-laws were there to take care of my child. Mm. My husband was... Really helpful. Mm. Even though his job was tough, mm. he was working full t- maybe thirteen to fourteen hours a day. But mm. then you know he was quite supportive that time. Mm. So I did, There were two levels again in the finals. So I completed one level, and mm. then I completed second level. Mm. All with this kind of you know support. Mm. That time my son became two years. Yeah. And that is the time when I completed CA. It was it was in two thousand three.
2: Mm.
0: So, but after how many years? (laughs) Three.
1: Ninety-nine. I started. Mm. So it's about one year, one and a half year gap because Mm. I completed the first level and the second level very fast. Oh,
0: okay, okay.
1: Uh, Yeah, very Mm. fast because it was first attempt and uh, yeah. So
0: after you got this, how did it come to research?
1: Okay, how did it come to research? Because my husband was always in a traveling mobile job. So when I when I completed my CA, we were based out of Delhi, but mm. he got transferred to another location. Mm. So there, it was difficult to get a corporate job or a banking job. So mm. there are two options: you can either go for a corporate job, you can become an auditor,
2: yeah.
1: or um, sorry, the three options: mm. you can go for a corporate job, you can become an auditor, or you can work for a bank. Yeah. So the place that we got transferred to, there were very few options. Mm. Very, very few options. And even if you want to work in a corporate, you have to go outskirts of the city and, you know, mm. do it. Mm. So, again, leaving a child at home who mm. is just two and a half, three years old and that time. So, it's difficult, yeah. you know, for a woman to work for 12 hours a day. And mm. working as a CA means minimum 12 hours. Yes, You have to work like a full-time yeah. corporate person, right? So, again... My father called me. Uh, (laughs) He's the one, you know, who's always telling me. He said, I spoke to him that I'm getting a job in this bank. My husband is getting transferred. Should I stay back in Delhi and let him go? Mm. He said, you are, no, you're not going to do this. Okay, Um, You know, one of you can work hard. The other person should not. So that's a lesson that I learned from him. Mm. And he said that you are good at teaching because I used to teach my... Mm-hmm. Classmates, mm-hmm. college mates, mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. So he said that you are good at teaching. Why don't you start teaching? Mm-hmm. And sit at home, or go to some place where you can go for a few hours and come back. Mm-hmm. That kind of a job. So mm-hmm. I started looking. When we got transferred to another location also, mm-hmm. and that 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 came with advantages because those kind of places, those institutes were located in the central part of the city. Yeah. So it was easier for me to go like two kilometers going Mm. and coming back whenever Mm. the child is crying you can come back or whenever he's sick or Mm. teething problems and a lot of issues so you know you can come back home Mm. so i decided to get into teaching so i joined an institute which was teaching computer softwares Mm. so you know like zero like Mm. quickbooks like tally Mm. you know those kind of softwares they were teaching those those are quite
0: ancient as of right now exactly
1: And those were like adult teaching kind of courses. So I started my teaching career with Mm. adult Mm. teaching, you know, adult courses. So a lot of people like working people. So, so you're working
0: for institution that institute, conducted such courses that yes. people just come it's a few hours per day then after the days so you don't have to work super long hours then exactly. you can just go back then to your family yeah. needs.
1: So what I did uh, because I, I was lucky because I was the first tutor for them and they oh, were new. First tutor, okay. Yeah, they were in a new institute. Mm. So they when they called me they had time they had only two students. Oh,
2: okay.
1: I was like what the heck, you know, after doing so much of hard work of CA and doing this, mm. I was like mentally and emotionally drained. Yeah. I didn't want to do that job, but I started. I said, mm. okay, let me do it. Mm. You know, Let me see how I do on the whiteboard, yes. you know, when I write, yeah. when I, whether I'm able to talk or mm. not, let me trust myself. So yes. I started doing and I, it was great that, you mm. know, from two students, the Institute in few months got 70 students. Mm. And it was by word of mouth mm. that you know students started liking, and they said, mm. "Okay, this is good." And other point was that after passing, after doing three months or six months of the course, they were getting good jobs as well. Yes. So it was good for them, mm. and it built the reputation of the institute. And but again, so uh, let me talk about my work timings. Mm. It was nine to twelve, mm. and then three to five. I could come home yeah. when my child That's was cool. yeah uh. put him to. Feed him, yeah. put him to sleep, go back to work, come back when he's up. Yeah. So it was very comfortable. But then my husband said that, you know, since you're doing this, why don't you do some courses like, with the money that you have earned from this college mm-hmm. now a few months of salary invest in yourself mm-hmm. so do some courses like CSUM uh, is certified information security manager okay and uh, he also suggested these c-
0: certifications are from uh, education. another edu- education yeah institute. very okay. very reputed,
1: reputable okay. Reputable. you can google them and then mm-hmm. you'll find those certifications okay. so he suggested that I should do that and, uh, because I was young the advantage with, with me was that I was young that time yeah. so even when I uh, was there, about 26, 27 years that, mm. you know, if you can't, yeah, almost mm. like 25, 26 years mm. that time. So he said, you keep building yourself, you mm. know, when you
2: are. Don't just stay there. Don't right?
1: just stay there. So I quit the job for the exam. Mm. I accumulated. So how long
0: were you teaching in this institute before you quit your job? Okay. You quit before you went to take on uh, this about exam. About
1: six To nine months, I don't exactly remember. It's not Not, that
0: long. Not uh, that
1: long. But what happened was that I accumulated some salary, some money, and I invested that in another certification. Mm. So I got that certification. Mm. And uh, while I was doing that, I got a call from an MBA college Mm. that we need a part-time lecturer visiting faculty for teaching finance, international finance. That was the first course that I was called for. And when I went there, I started liking MBA like teaching for MBA because mm. the, the MBA teaching involves a lot of case studies, like mm. projects, mm. you know, it's very interesting to teach. Mm. So I started liking that as well. Mm. And then when I started working part-time, they offered me full-time job. Mm. And when I got into full-time, after a few months, that college announced that, you know, you have to be registered, you have to be pursuing your PhD, otherwise yes. otherwise you have to quit your job. Yeah. So it was like a calm. So this is something that
0: was forced upon you to have a PhD. <laughs> yes. That's interesting. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so and you can imagine that you have done sub, super, super tough course like CA. Yeah. And it was so painful for you. Like yeah. you took so many years yeah. and so much of hard work has gone into family support. Everything has gone into that. Mm. And now you've come to a point that you have to do another degree for at minimum is three years for PhD and it can go up to like a long time when, when you publish yeah, your paper. Yeah. yeah. And then my heart was like, oh my God, I have to do this mm. for this. And yeah, but I decided. I said, okay. How, how long
0: do you take to decide that you want you needed to do this PhD? Do you call your father? No, like, they didn't give us time. On, so they
1: said, okay, in two one th- th- days. <laughs> Yeah, no, about in two months you decide and you register. Okay. Otherwise, you have you to have look to for. Uh, yeah. Mm. So I went back to my parents place and I talked about it and then I registered for PhD mm. for registering I needed to search for the topic mm. and uh, luckily I stumbled upon corporate governance mm. and I started reviewing some literature it mm. took me a few months mm. uh, you know when I, when I once I filled the form I showed it to my colleague that okay I'm trying you know I'm oh. trying to do this but you know when you do PhD you have to do first round with your you know, college Professor. professors and you have to learn the research methods and all. Yes. it takes time yes. for the final, you know, project selection and all that. Mm. So I started doing that, um, that kind of research and studying the research methodology and mm. all that. So finally I started Gaining interest in that, mm. and luckily we came. Uh, by, by while I was doing that, luckily we moved back to Delhi, mm. and while I was doing that, I became pregnant second time, mm. and I got a second, my second son. Mm. So it was in the year two thousand six that he was born. Mm. While I was doing my PhD, and mm. we came back to Delhi. Mm. So when we were in Delhi, I wanted to work again, mm. and uh, with the small that time again, when we moved back, my son was about three to four months old mm. the younger one okay so i started teaching ca that time i mm. got an opportunity to teach ca in mm. delhi mm.
0: yeah so you were you were pursuing your phd and teaching at the same time yeah how but, long was this sorry how long was this for like, while you were teaching and pursuing? because when you're doing a phd you are teaching at the same time right like yeah. currently yeah. so it's a job as well yeah
1: oh. but most now nowadays are in reputed good universities. What mm. is, you go to the university, mm. you do about one year course research methodology.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, depends on the university, how mm. long they want. Mm. So in India that time, most institutions, they were mm. doing six months of research methodology. Mm. And then post that, you once your topic you have decided, then you mm. go for research on your own. Mm. But in U.S. or in in NUS, for example, here, you have to do research along with the professor and you have Mm. an advantage or you can say an opportunity to teach students as well, Mm. right? But for my case, because I was like, I belong to nowhere. Like Mm. I was in India, but I did not know where I will be living next, Mm. where I'll be moving next. So I had to do something which is mobile, So once I did completed my research methodology and I reser- I like I kind of decided my topic yes. I could work on my own mm. and uh, when I moved back to Delhi it was difficult to find a job mm. immediately because again I didn't want to do a full-time job my younger one was 3 to 4 months mm-hmm. old only so I decided to do part-time luckily mm. I got a got to teach CA mm. in one of a reputed institute in Delhi mm. so I started teaching there for a few months and uh, while I was doing research at home, mm. one day I went to drop my husband to his office. Mm. Um, While well in the, in India, we were lucky to have car for each member. Like yeah. my husband had his own car, I had my own car, mm. and my father-in-law had his, father-in-law had his own car. Mm. But one day, for some reason, mm. you know, I went to drop him. While I was coming back, I saw a new MBA college mm. in that area. Mm. I checked the newspaper, Google it, and I found the phone number, I called them, I said, Mm. okay, I want to work, I want to apply as a college, Uh, I want to apply as a lecturer. Mm. They called me after a few days. When I went there, I had a very good conversation with the project director, Mm. or you can say the director of the college. So that time the college, yet. has not yet started. No mm. students were there. Mm. They were just recruiting faculty members mm. and the staff so that everything is in place. So I went there, I had an interview, it went well and then after a few days I got a call from that college that, mm. you know, the the new director would like to take your interview. Mm. And yes. The new director was one of the famous author in India. Mm. He like if you ha- if anybody in mm. India has done chartered accountancy or mm. MBA in finance mm. or or undergrad or postgrad program in finance or commerce, mm. he would have read that book, mm. his book, mm. and his book like he was he's called he's the guy he's the guy and yeah. then he is called uh, Professor I Pandey. Mm. When I heard that he's going to interview me, I was like shivering. I was like, oh my God, I have to work. But I was excited as well to work f- under him. So
0: how was this interview?
1: It was a blast. Mm. Blast means I was devastated.
0: How How did you prepare for it? Like meeting this guy? Okay. Like,
1: I didn't prepare, but I was confident. What do you, mean you didn't
0: prepare? Like, well, I didn't prepare for
1: the interview. Okay. I just looked at the college profile, yeah. like what the college is. Mm who are the members, what's, what are the programs they are offering and, and things like that. Mm. Because I had worked almost like, yeah, how long? About one and a half year or so as a visiting lecturer or something like that. Mm. Yeah, but in that time. So, I had a good experience. I thought I was I was confident. So, in that. terms of
0: like tips for interviews with like super important people, right? Is there any golden wisdom of Nuggets could you give in terms of such a big interview? How do you, how do you think you fared during the interview and what can people learn from it?
1: Okay, so when you go for a normal job interview, I would suggest that everybody should go through the websites of the call of wherever you're going okay. for interview. Mm. Know about the company, know about the people, search mm. their LinkedIn profiles. Mm. But um, that wasn't available to you in
0: those days, right? Yeah,
1: it? I did that because oh. when I had the first interview, I was given a college brochure.
0: Oh, okay. So okay. I
1: looked at that properly. I looked at their profiles mm. And understood, but I was still immature. Like I was about 27, 20s I don't know, twenty mm-hmm. about 27, Young, 28 yeah. years. Yeah. So I was still immature to understand the level of people they were there. Yeah. But I was this level <laughs> and they were like this level. So okay, all, okay, okay, let okay. me just tell you that the college professors who were there, mm. they were very highly regarded ones and they came from all IAMs. Mm. So in India, again, there is... Uh, you know, if the, for technology, we have IIT, mm. Institute of Indian Technology, mm. Indian Institute of Technologies. Mm. For management, we have Indian Institute of Management. Mm. So Professor I.M. Pandey was a mm. dean of I.M. Ahmedabad. Oh, okay. Like the top, that time, it mm. was number one management college in India. Mm. So that time he was the dean and he came, um, and I think after that he worked for AIT Thailand, asian institute of technology thailand and then Mm. he came to this college Mm. so yeah i had learned about his profile Mm. i learned about the programs i learned about like what are the courses related to finance and accounting that i can teach and Mm. what do i know about that so Mm. those that preparation i did Mm. but as far as my what did what i will talk Mm. i was like okay i'm confident enough Mm. i can talk but when i went there he asked me he didn't ask me technical questions but he said what did you do in CA? I said, I did this, I did this. Do you know that CA is not compared to, CA does not have enough of finance in the course? Oh. I said, no, I know finance, you know, I have done finance because I've taught international finance, I've done financial management, mm. I've taught management, like I've taught all those courses mm. in the MBA college and, yeah. and I know what is included. No, you don't know. Oh. And then he said, you know, that finance has economics. Mm. So finance is more about economics and mathematics. Mm. But what you know is, is different, you know. So mm. whether you will be able to give it, give that kind of knowledge to the students, we are not very sure. Mm. So he said, you will work as an intern for us, you know, that time. Intern? Okay. Intern. Okay. In a, in a, and they said, for about, we don't know how long, but we, we can see that about one year you will not be teaching, you will be sitting in the classes and watching us teaching. Okay. I was like, "Oh my God, okay. do I have to do this?" But when I went back, I was crying at home, and I told my husband that this is what happened. And they are ready to pay me good salary. Yeah. You know, for that time mm. they were paying me salary, mm. but they said that we want young, young mind also, mm. in because all of them were very experienced people. Yeah,
0: very experienced. Very,
1: very experienced. Yeah. So uh, I said, "Okay, uh, you know, I'll take a chance." Mm. It's, it's like working as an intern under these people will also, I'll, I'll learn. And mm. my main objective was to complete PhD. Yeah. So all of them were PhDs mm. and great profiles. Mm. So I said, okay, let me take this. Mm. Yeah, in fact, I was not sure whether I was getting, going to get the job because mm. the inf- interview was a, you know, total... Not, not, so, mm, yeah. not as
0: ideal as you hoped for. Yeah. yeah.
1: So... Uh,
0: so you took that chance to be in that kind of environment with yeah, so many high-profile people yeah, but yeah. being an intern at the same time. Yeah. yeah, I can empathize to that. Yeah, How, didn't, how long How long were you an intern
2: for?
1: No, it didn't last for long because oh, what happened... Because you're so good, that's all right, right? <laughs> yeah. No, luckily, one program um, Professor Pane was going to teach, Management mm. Accounting, and then he said, okay, you come to my class. So the first class that I attended, um, it was a case study. And I made some points and I did the second class with him. And then I said, okay, you can carry on. You can, carry you can on. be a f- full-timer. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he, you can carry on. I think you mm-hmm. can. Okay, you're good. So I started teaching mm-hmm. and it was a great experience because the profiles of the students were also very good. Mm-hmm. They were Some of them were quite experienced. They had good minds and, mm-hmm. you know, interactive. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is good. Uh, to teach MBA because in MBA you get a lot of practical you know insights mm. so you talk about a lot of applications instead of theory mm. and and that time the program that we adopted was case study method mm. so about in 28 sessions we used to do in every class we had about one case study mm. And the class was about three hours. Mm. So one and a half were non-contact hours where the student had the time to go and do group discussions and discuss, discuss the case study. The case. Yeah. And then come back and do a small presentation and the professor had to just guide them through the mm. case study.
0: Can I ask, for um, these MBA students, Were they did they have working experience before enrolling in MBA? Or how was yeah. the... Uh, enrolling in MBA like like I know for Singapore for MBA programs you usually work for a couple of years but what are the can you can you share more about yeah. the profile of the students that were in your class were they like executives in companies or were they fresh out from school
1: yeah so in India it's a common practice that students when they pass out of the undergrad college they mm. straight away go for postgraduate
0: oh okay okay I see so
1: most of the students were inexperienced mm. they were straight from but some of them were experienced mm had worked for about three, two, three three years and came back to the study. So it was a good mix of students for us. In
0: terms of the kind of, I mean, in your opinion, what does it take to be a good teacher? In my opinion, like having been in some classes, right, yeah. I feel that uh, there are some professors that are very passionate about research, right, but, they not, but they may not necessarily be good at teaching. So yeah. from your experience, what does it take to be a good teacher?
1: Yeah so it's important to be a good teacher as mm. well as a researcher mm. which is sometimes difficult mm. um, but to be a good teacher you have to be a good mentor yes so if you if a teacher has a adopts a mentored approach
2: mm.
1: then it'll be it'll have a good impact on the students mm. because if the teacher comes does whatever you know he or she is given to do mm. like the task the co- let's say You have 28 sessions, Mm. you have planned for that, and then okay, you come to the class, you complete your session, the case study is over, then you go back to your routine, like you go back to your life. Mm. But a good teacher is connected to the students even after the class. Mm. So a lot of the students learn from the teacher Mm. more outside the class than inside the class. Mm.
0: So you had to take a lot of extra, I would say, extra outside time classes to meet students in a more... Not so scaled up manner but in yeah. group sessions. You have I to
1: be open to them. You have mm. first first important thing that I feel is mm. that open communication. Mm. So a lot of professors they they don't like to share the emails mm. or you know, the professional emails and mm. those th- that is the only channel. But what I do if I even if I, the college restricts me from sharing my personal email, mm. some colleges do have that kind of regulation. But if the students have my professional email, the college email, they can straight away write to that and I Mm. can have chats with them. Mm. So a lot of times I offer them you know, face-to-face mm. query sessions. If mm. they have any questions, they can come mm. to me in the college. But mm. if I don't have time to stay back in the college or mm. or e- even when I was working full-time, let's say, mm. po- after 5 or 6 p.m., you mm. have some questions, you're doing assignment, then how mm. do you contact the teacher? Yeah. And you need a quick access because sometimes teacher may not check the email, right? Yeah,
2: definitely so you me.
1: have to have a chat session or mm. something to, you know, respond back quickly. Mm. So I decided I always shared my Skype ID mm. with the students and chat IDs with my mm. students, so the students could easily come back to me, mm. and I responded to them whenever, like in the as late soon as you night, could, yeah, mm. just you know, not before just before my sleeping time, mm. whatever, like yeah.
0: So can you share with me a story of your at least years teaching in India? Let's say, could you share me a story of a student or class that you felt that was most memorable for you?
1: My most memorable mm. class. So, Okay, so we did a module on manage, in management accounting. Okay. Um, we, we planned an exercise before beginning that module. Yes. So the exercise was to tell the students that you, they can pick up the source of material from the admin office. Mm. Take that material, do something with that and mm. then sell it. Come back to the class in the evening and show your accounts.
0: Like, literally sell it?
1: Literally sell okay. it. Okay.
0: Like, sorry, sell what?
1: So, the exercise was that the we gave them an exercise of selling sandwiches. Oh, that's cool. Okay. And we gave them three, we distributed the students into three groups. So... They were given three groups, and it was up to them how they wanted to make the sandwiches. Somebody wanted to grill them. Some wanted to. Like you, you, know, they, just you
0: give them raw ingredients, right?
2: Like whatever ingredients.
1: Oh. Now they had to give the requisition for the ingredient oh, what okay, they okay. want, what menu they have, and what mm. they want. So they gave requisition. Let like, Let's say on Friday evening and Monday morning, as soon as they came at 8 a.m., they had to pick up the materials, mm. go to the respective you know group rooms or you know the working rooms where the where they could make the sandwiches. Mm. So each group, like, had about six students or seven students. So some mm. of them were making sandwiches, and some of them were actually going and selling it.
0: Is it like a sales class? It <laughs> uh, was like like strategies in inter- the. Is it? Like, it was
1: like it was a management accounting class. What
0: was the objective of that class? So the
1: objective is to understand how to cost your materials, okay, how to operationalize it, how mm. to make it. And okay. understand the labor cost and everything, okay, and then okay, I see, I then see. sell it and get the profits and yeah. understand like how this entire system works mm. before you begin the module, before you start the theoretical lessons. I think that's
0: very interesting. Like to force students to go through that process, then yes. when you cover it theoretically. They can empathize with it strong. And stronger. then every
1: time you're uh. taking a chapter or a lecture, uh. you're referring back to that exercise mm. and then making them feel connected to it. So and I think the
0: lessons will be stronger. Very like English, strong. Stronger. You know,
1: even today when I was speaking to one of my students from that batch mm. and we remember both of us remember this that exercise. Mm very well. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Very well. So in the end, they came back, they did presentation and each group, they made very very less profit. Like somebody made 300 rupees yeah. or 900 rupees or 800 rupees. Mm. That's fine. Mm. The objective was to make them learn.
0: The, through the whole process of creating something, the cost, yes. labor, the and
1: then cost and everything. The the entire operation. Mm. So And the advantage of that course was that we had a combined joint module. so mm. if i'm teaching management accounting mm. there's some other professor teaching operations mm. so you know we mm. combine we used to do combined study. Combined classes right? yeah so mm. he will also refer to that exercise i'll also refer to that
0: exercise <laughs> i wonder why my <laughs> nus professors didn't do that i think it's slightly different it was
1: a great <laughs> program a very good program so mm. it was mba in entrepreneurship mm.
0: So how long were you teaching in this university and at what point did you decide to yeah, teach so in Singapore?
1: It was about two and a half years I taught there. Then That's I moved long. to another college where I got a position of a program head mm. for MBA. Mm. Um, that was more focused on finance specialization. So mm. I was inclined towards finance. So I moved to that college. Mm. And more so because the professor, like Professor Am Pandey, he had left the college. So, mm. you know, good professor had left the college where mm. I was working. So I also decided like to move to, move on to well. another one. Mm. And there I worked for a few years and then my husband got transferred to Sri Lanka.
2: Mm.
1: When I moved to Sri Lanka because of visa issues, I could not get a full-time job. Mm. But again, I started teaching part-time in one of the university. And uh, I also did part-time in MBA Australian MBA program. And then I, t- I, did, I, enro- I was impaneled as corporate trainer. Okay, so uh, while I was doing all these, I just wanted to highlight here that when I completed my PhD in 2008, okay, how did I complete? That is a big story. So when I was under these people, these highly regarded people, I used to go to their rooms and, you know, for some discussion or checking with them about the module and all. I used to see their boards, you know, the the boards that they had, Mm. uh, what do you say, the the pin boards in their room. And they had written, you know, some, some of them had notices like call for papers, call for conference and all that. So I used to wonder what is this because I was Still I, quite fresh. Yeah, yeah, I did not know more like much about this research and PhD. So when I saw that, I came back and Googled it and I said, OK, so there is something called, you know, you and my, my guide has also my PhD program required me to do two publications before submitting my thesis. So I Googled it and I found that, okay, there is something called call for papers. So when I have to submit my article for publication, I have to submit it by due date. So there is a submission date and all that. So I started doing that, even though my first paper that I wrote was quite, quite quite I would say, very, um, how do you say, it? it's very rough. Yeah. You know, it was not in an academic research format. Mm. But I had ideas into that. I started sending my paper to them, and I got few rejections. Uh, even after my statistical analysis and everything, I, I could not incorporate it properly, though I had understood my research very well and was giving me good results, you know, good ideas which had good implications for the government, for outside industry. But I was not able to put it properly in the,
0: in the paper. Pa- format, paper. In format.
1: Yeah, because I had no guidance, like other than that six months of research methodology classes, nobody was there to guide me and help me. So I, I was doing everything on my own. But when I sent the paper, one of the professors, like one of the editor from the journal, he called me and he said, your paper looks nice, but it needs to be redrafted. You need help from somebody to do it. It has a lot of good content in it. And I said, okay, whom should I ask? Then luckily Dr. Saha, he was my colleague. Dr. Gaur Saha, he was my colleague. And he agreed to help me. So we worked for about 20 days, 20 odd days on the paper. While I was simultaneously working on submitting my thesis. That paper, we worked 20 days and we resubmitted. And it got accepted in, the, in a very reputed journal. So, uh, and the similar, uh, you know, the paper, the content, the conclusions I shared with the conferences, like I got accepted, my paper got accepted for presentation in US. So, I went to US in October 2008, and in July 2008, uh, I submitted a form online that was by International Corporate Governance Network. So, they were they they have they give scholarships to the students so they re- recognize the research and they identify the scholars from all over the world from each country they choose one scholar and uh, every year they do it even now so that year i was so chosen from india and uh, my research was so chosen and i was invited to the conference it was in seoul and in front of five hundred financial institutional investors from all over the world, we were given a warm welcome and everything. So it was a good start of my career at that so time. W-
0: uh, I'm not sure. Like, so was th- was this paper the one that like okay, <laughs> yeah. that, that that okay, you are you have a PhD right now? Is, yeah. is, that, is that amongst all these accomplishments? So so how many papers do you need? to publish or is it like depending on how it's recognised so yeah. obviously the, your, the paper that you published was recognised and that's where you were certis- your PhD was certified in that sense
1: yeah so before you finally submit your thesis you need to do pub two, two publications
0: oh okay, okay so
1: one publication I did in India mm. that was see when you do publications you can't do normal articles you have to do journal articles research articles yeah so i did one in india and that was a journal uh, j- journal article uh, but i didn't consider that as a good quality one because it was in india it was not internationally refereed yes. one so but that was okay with my university so i did that i did a i did a professional article with ca institute so they also have monthly journals i published there as well and the third one this was internationally refereed one so i worked hard on this and this was kind kind of like a mini PhD thesis, this 14 page article, you know, my thesis converted to this 14 page article. So that got accepted for International Referee Journal. Mm.
0: Okay, so that's a whole journey, right? So I want to change gears for a while, right? I am interested to find out more of the consulting work that you do right now, Uh, Nishfin Consulting, did I pronounce that right? Yes. So essentially uh, having taught in Singapore for a couple of years, you have started this uh, consulting firm, right? what what do you do what, what,
2: what? okay So,
1: again it did backs to dates back to 2008 yeah. when i completed my phd again it was okay so when i completed my phd and i sub i published my article in ca journal mm. ca institute now they recognized my you know P- my paper, and they recognized that. Okay, they started calling me for as a keynote speaker in their conferences. So I used to go to different cities in India and give talk about yeah, because my PhD thesis was on corporate governance and valuation. And 2008 was a bloom time, I oh, would yes, say, yes, for, for corporate governance. Yeah. So a lot of people were talking about corporate governance and mm-hmm. things like that. So. And because I did valuations, when I attended those seminars, those conferences as a speaker, then people came to me and they said that they want to learn valuations. They want to learn how to do valuations. And some of the CAs, they they said, okay, why don't we do one thing? We'll tell the Institute, CA Institute, to launch this program for all of us. And we will get back to you to help us to develop the valuation material. Mm -hmm. So that's where I combined my you know, my thesis work to preparation of back, background material for CA Institute. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, I started with that, and then automatically some consulting assignments related to evaluation started coming in. Mm-hmm. And as regards my corporate training career is concerned, uh, it was, I started my training career from two sources. One is Professor Pandey started taking me with him uh, wherever he got corporate training assignments, so he's, he gave me a few lectures from there. And I because of my corporate governance thesis, I met with some consultants who were into corporate governance, and they said, okay, why don't you join us as a trainer and start doing training for the companies? So I got opportunity to do training for Indian Oil with Professor Pande, uh, NHPC, that's Hydropower Corporation of India. Those are all of public sector undertakings and when it comes to corporate governance trainings i did it for swarovski punj lloyd maruti Mm. like Maruti suzuki which is uh, uh, yeah so those kind of companies in Mm. india Uh, so that is the beginning of my consulting and corporate training career it was in the year 2008 Mm. but when i moved to sri lanka i was doing part-time teaching with various colleges and i was also empaneled as a corporate trainer uh, uh, on slim platform. What is them Sri Lanka Institute of Marketing? So they were doing corporate trainings in Sri Lanka and I was in panel, I did a couple of programs with them like for the bankers and for the industry people. And as regards my consulting career is concerned, I joined a real estate company and worked as a consultant for them. That's where my major learnings, you know, they came you know, all over like from 2008, to 2010 in Sri Lanka. I worked for this real estate company and uh, partially I, st- I started as a part-time consultant, but then I realized that implementing what you're suggesting to the company is difficult uh, when you're outside the company. So I decided to do workplace training, what which is very well recognized in Singapore now in ACLP certification also. So workplace training is like you go to the company, you identify the gaps uh, in the company, like. You know, what are the gaps and how can people fill those gaps to achieve the long-term goals of the company? So what you do you start with a workshop with the top key people in the organization. you model, you make them sit in and you ask them to brainstorm you know what like they a clear what their yeah what they want to do like the, mm. what the company where the company wants to be in future in three years or five years time. Mm. And then once they recognize that, okay, these are the things that they want to achieve, then we interview people, we see how this organization is working at this level, and if they want to reach at this level, then how much they have to work, okay? And for working, do we need new people? Do we need to train them? So what do we have to do to actually implement the strategy which we have decided to go down to the levels and get the results? So, for that, what do you need? you need you need mind, of course, you know the the thinking mind, yes. you know, some training, yes. then you need technology, right? And uh, you need resources, other resources like money, the implementation cost, et cetera. So all these these, these things were combined and implemented in the company so we recruited a lot of new people we ongoing we get them we gave them ongoing training and side by side we also implemented erp in the company so and brought all the processes in line so that every everything is transparent. You can see where you are and how much you have to work in the year to reach the goal next year. So like that. You know, it was uh, it was quite an interesting exercise for me. Like
0: the time horizon for so all these kind of projects is like rather long, right? I would it think. is quite long, like but for how that... How long are we talking about? Like what's your... Sh- What's the average time duration? Because it takes it also, it also depends on the size of the company as yeah. well. So. so
1: this entire exercise took me about one and a half year. Mm. So for six months it was like kind of understanding the company, the gaps, the people, the culture. Because mm. I'm I was from India. It was mm. my first foreign assignment, like yeah. my with my husband. Like my yeah. husband moved to there moved there and for me also it was first foreign assignment I was the only foreigner working in that company mm. all of them were local people mm. so understanding the culture understanding how the company is operating mm. what are the documents they are making what are the processes and so um, on a
0: day-to-day basis you are based in a company itself and you are just f- yeah basically for six months finding out how this company yeah works. it was
1: like my mind was totally with the company, mm. and initially I started working as a part time. I used to go there twice a week for two two hours. But mm. when I dis- when I saw how people are working, and when my thought process, I was seeing that you know even when I give them guidance, I give them you know it's not well it's yeah. not working. They are not it's listening more of a to me. Deeper rooted a problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if more so because you have an entrepreneur there, and that entrepreneur himself needs some training. Yes. So, you know, you need the founder or the, the, the person at the top, he also needs some training. So it takes it takes time to make them understand that this mm. is what you should do mm. to achieve that level.
0: It's, I mean, do you have instances where you can't convince the entrepreneur in exactly. no ways?
2: Uh, I'm I had, sure you have a lot of that.
1: I had a lot of clashes with them. Yeah. I had sometimes I was so disappointed that I said, okay, I'm going to leave you guys mm. because you're not listening to me. So mm. one of the projects was a very brick project and uh, my uh, my process was that, you know, once the costing is com- decided, yeah. because you cannot uh, do the costing of the project until it is complete, right? You need... when it,
0: so when it comes costing?
1: It was a real estate project. Okay. So for the real estate project, for the costing, it should be estimated at least, because mm. the real cost will come when you actually incur the cost. Mm. So you have to wait for the invoices to come, and you can't wait till that time, because you have to start selling also side by side it's a project right so for that we need to estimate the cost and once we estimate the cost then only you can decide the price of the project Mm -hmm. but this the senior management what they did they they went to the site Mm -hmm. they liked the site they decided okay they will start developing it and within two days they started selling it also Mm -hmm. so i said that you know you haven't done the costing, you are not estimating the project. not the
0: strategy. Yeah.
1: No. So if you haven't done this costing, how can you start selling? So there are two ways to do costing. One is like you do the you do estimates based on historical cost, and then you look at other factors like market research, what other competitors are doing, like a lot of fundamental goes here. And there is another way that you just look at the market. Don't look at what is going on inside the company. You just look at okay this. This property, the general fluctuation, the, general fluctuation, the transactional price, ah. like the transactional price.
0: You make the decisions based on historical data. Like
1: like you talk about this condo. So, mm. you know, what was the transaction price for the previous, like in this building, mm. um, for the another apartment, which was sold. So the price, you're looking at the price of that apartment, the selling price of that apartment and comparing it and then selling it. You're not looking at the cost of this apartment or what, uh, how much has gotten into it, it that's, that's fine with the real estate, but for a company, you know, when you're doing this, imagine the builder, you know, he ignores he all the costs which has gone into this apartment. He's done whatever, lavish, furnishing and everything, and he's comparing it to the next location. You know, they can't be the same. So you have to look at what your company, what service, what value addition your company is giving. Even though you're selling a piece of land, what extra thing you're giving as compared to the other properties around it. Mm. And that you have to incorporate that into pricing because you are like a professional company, you have so many employees, you work, you Mm. have, you're providing some services.
0: There's like almost a million variables to take note of. You you need someone perhaps like you to to acknowledge the presence of these variables before you make a decision when it comes to selling money. Yeah,
1: even if you don't want to price it like as a cost plus margin, Mm. You know, If this cost is there, then you have your profit margin. Even if you don't want to do that, you want to keep it close to the transaction, you can't ignore these factors, right? So you can't in- ignore the costing, the the, the the labor, the development cost going into it. So that's where I had a big clash with them and I said, okay, I'm not going to work because you're not going to listen. Everything has to be in the system first before you start the pricing. And then I had a meeting with all of them And it was, like, kind of weird because I didn't understand the language. I Mm. had to sit with an interpreter and...
0: Oh, that's difficult. Yeah.
1: Mm. So, anyway, so that was uh, the clash, yeah.
0: I know when it comes to these situations, whereby there's a lot of clash, right? Because I myself have been involved in such situations whereby you work with startups and, like, their direction is sometimes all over the place. In your case, it was this real estate company, right? I mean, when it comes to not being able to convince your point of view as a professional expert from an external point of view what what kind of lessons can you derive from working in such situations and if someone is in that situation working with perhaps being a consultant but find it difficult to convince then at what point do you like what you did let go
1: let go uh, then you just let them let yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. You just let them go because you have given them all the processes, you have given mm. them all the templates, you have given them the training to mm. follow these things but even if they don't want to follow mm. then you just let them go because you can't help them. Mm. So I decided to do the same. I said okay I've done my job as a consultant mm. and now you... Uh, You know, we have everything in place. It's up to you whether you want to use it or you don't want to use it. So if, now the problem with the entrepreneur was like, he was very ambitious, highly ambitious. He imagined himself as Richard Branson. Oh, okay. he was always looking at his photograph and then saying, you have to take me there. You know, Mm, he used to tell me, you have to take me there. I want Mm. to become the richest man in Sri Lanka like Mm. that. He has that kind of ambitions. Mm. I didn't know, but you know, somewhere he incorporated a lot of companies and he made it a group company Mm. and uh, of course, he took, care of these strategic objectives so he from the re- land development he went to condominiums and uh, mall development etc and for that he needed a lot of finance so he took from banks he came to singapore he collaborated with uh, pt 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 pt
0: pt okay
1: yeah so he collaborated and he launched a seven star project in sri lanka which is like i think kind of one project which is um, on a very, expensive, at a very yeah. sc- expensive scale, which had helicopters landing in the yeah. condominium, okay. that kind of a project okay. he had. So he launched and people invested in that project and it took off. Mm-hmm. So he was getting awards in London, he was getting awards in in Singapore, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. He got a lot of awards. Now the problem with this, that you are growing, right?
0: At such a fast pace. At such
1: a fast pace, and I I had moved out of Sri Lanka that time, so mm. because of my husband, and we, we were in Singapore, then we were in Japan all these years. Mm. So while this was all happening with the company, mm. now what the hap- the problem is that when the startups they grow very fast, mm. right? They how can you grow very fast when you acquire, when you do when you incorporate, when you acquire, you try to raise the valuation of the company. Mm. Right? A lot of startups nowadays, they're doing that. You acquire, like one company into retail, they're trying to acquire fintech, they're trying to do...
0: Diversifying. Diversifying.
1: No, they're trying to
0: uh, consolidate the
1: entire, you know, cycle. Mm. So, like, i've just give the grab is a very good company but i've just give you an example from grab that grab is a taxi like it started with taxi aggregator mm. then it moved to fintech now it's into investment as everything well everything else everything else the food and everything else so that's good you know that's good if you have that kind of expertise it's fine but if you just want to do it without the stability inside you know if you do things not things will get messy things will get messy because you're just growing 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 the sales you know, you are you're not even the same. You're just growing because of the worth. You're trying to get more worth by acquiring more assets, and now those assets are acquired by leverage. You're taking debt, and then you have reached that level. Now people from outside they are attracted because they see that okay, you are at that level. You've you've reached very high, but when it comes to actual implementation, mm-hmm. because the stability is not there, the, the foundation, structures,
0: the, the SOPS. Stru- Procedures are not in place. Procedures very shaky.
1: Yeah, even even like when I left, the procedures were in place to give Mm. that kind of growth, Mm. but then. The, f- the fundamentals have to be strong. The mm. profitability has to be strong. Mm. You know, even though you have processes, but you're not following it, like mm. you have a benchmark to cut off, but you're not looking at that. Yeah. You're just going by your intuition mm. because you are ambitious. You're very confident. Mm. You know, you have to look at what your books are saying. Yes, yes. Right? Okay. So they were not looking at that. And then finally, one day, the company goes bankrupt.
0: Bankrupt. Okay.
1: The company goes Bankrupt. Not sure, but uh, there were like a lot of customers' claims which have now repercussions. Repercussions. I mean the repercussions
0: of a founder, let's say, starting another company or raising more money for future projects of his will be very difficult given his historical, given his historical trend of not handling the money well.
1: Yes, so that example was from my like personal experience which Mm -hmm. I faced. Mm And uh, it happened very recently. Mm. and The company, if you search the website, also it's not available mm. now. So that that happened. But this is what happened with WeWork, with, mm. with you many know, other startups, many other companies, yeah. many other companies like Oyo in India. Mm. And you name any mm. new unicorn, and you will find some problem like you know these kind of things. Amongst
0: all these examples, right? Yeah. Is there a company or a startup in in your? Ex- uh, external perspective mm-hmm. that has done well in building this strong base?
1: Yeah, there are a couple of companies mm. uh, like I was looking at the financials of Meme Chat company.
0: Meme Chat? Meme Chat. Okay.
1: So that company is uh, Looking at the
0: financials as in are they public? or
1: No, oh. looking at their financial in the sense like profitability oh. and like you know, you get to know from the people. Mm. Right? Mm. So their stability is quite good and they have been growing slowly so now they have uh, about 4.4 to 5 million INR they are earning very little you can say at the moment but they are very strong that means they are taking step by step they are taking step by step towards their goal you know and they are very confident that they will be able to compete with big companies like snapchat or instagram you know when they it's interesting. Time. I they need to check this out. Yeah. So. so, and you can talk about TikTok. You know that that app has also very done very well. Alibaba has done like those kind of things. You know, they those those companies are solid. They are strong. They have been able to achieve that kind of profitability. In India, again, I can talk about a company called Snapdeal. So it started. It had its own problem, but then when it started reviving. Reviving means you reach that level, the hyper growth level, but then you realize that some assets are of no use. So you start cut you start cutting, cutting down. Cutting off the fat. So Uber oh. is one example. Mm. Uber grew very fast. Mm. It went to all over the globe, mm. and then they realize that certain assets are not serving them. Cutting so off they,
0: China, cutting off Singapore.
1: Yeah, their food business and a lot of things they are now cutting off to make that company profitable. Right. So. That is how, you know, startups there is there is one way to go about it. Go slowly, step by step. But that's that's not exciting. That's not interesting, you know? So what startups want to do, they want to reach this level and So what's exciting
0: for you? <laughs> what kind of growth is exciting for you? Because I think when it comes to entrepreneurship or growing your companies, there are really two schools of thoughts. Like when it comes to raising money and growing yeah. as fast as you can, or the other school of thought is to Build it slowly, one by one. Or what's your? Preference I would also, in this case?
1: from my personal perspective, is when I was working with that real estate company as well, mm. I was very conservative. So mm. it's not good to be that kind of conservation, having that kind of conservatism. Because but, so you're
0: on both extremes, is it? The founder is. Yeah. I want to grow as fast as yeah. possible, but you're more of the conservative side. So yeah. is it more finding the balance? Yes. Yes.
1: So I would say you have to find that balance, but you have to be super sure about your fundamentals, Mm. whatever you're doing.
0: When it comes to the fundamentals, what are the common big flaws that do you see in your clients that will result in detrimental consequences? What are the just macro uh, fundamentals that most companies or startups get wrong?
1: Okay, so the companies and startups, they focus more on customer acquisition. Yes. Sales. Yes. But not on satisfaction or profitability. Okay. So if they want to retain, see nowadays, most companies are user-based companies. Yes. Yes. Tech-based, app-based companies, they are user-based companies. Mm. So now, if the valuation, if the company wants more financing, they have to have more valuations for more number of users. Mm. But you are getting those users, those followers, on what basis? Are they satisfied? Are they getting that service? Right? Okay. So, customer acquisition, like in case of aggregators, the taxi aggregators you can talk about. Mm. So, in case of taxi aggregators, are the riders and the drivers happy? Mm. Right? If they are happy, then you will be able to grow your business further. Sustainable. Sustainable. But you are showing them apples, but you are actually giving them grapes. Okay. You're showing them big things. You're giving yeah. them small things later, mm. so they will not be happy. So getting users is a good thing, but how are you making that profitable? And pricing how?
2: and customer satisfaction. Yes. Okay.
0: It, because in my line of work, I do paid marketing, right? Everything we focus on focus on is this metric called CPA cost yeah. per acquisition yes. how much does it cost to acquire a customer yeah. and everything is on that but no one talks about retention at all and yes. that is something that we're worrying and it's, and it's interesting that you say about that. customer satisfaction and pricing because yeah. pricing affects whether you're going to make money in yeah. the long term or not
1: yes so always it is good to okay. go step by step I think stability building stability building your foundations is important for the companies and if if any way you want to reach that level, you know, there are two ways. You go straight and then you cut down and you find a balance, right? Okay, yeah. So, or you go like this, you go step by step mm. and you reach the balance. Mm. You can go further. Yeah. So, I would suggest why to take so much stress of, you know, getting a bad name and mm, cutting, cutting down. down. It's better to go step by step.
0: Okay, so there's your general... point
2: of view but
1: when you look at the strategy strategy can be two ways one is like what I'm talking the step by step one is like looking at the competitors so when you're looking at the competitors what they are doing you have to do the same so Mm. but then you have to find a balance like how everything is about finding that balance finding the balance that Mm -hmm. how would you reach your competitors Mm. keeping in mind what you are Mm. what your fundamentals Mm. are again for startups I, I think I can talk I can say that you are incorporated with some f- identity yes a startup comes you know when you prepare the pitch decks the first thing that the startups have to mention is the problem that they are going to solve yes ah. so problem the identity the mission that mm. the startup has mm. what happens is when they look for financing when they are lured or attracted by, by, by money, money yeah so they lose that problem you know, the, what that becomes with... not the
0: focus and the focus exactly. becomes more of raising money. What can yeah. I tell investors that you yeah. give me more money instead of focusing on a real problem at heart?
1: Yes. Okay. So the problem doesn't get solved mm. and the, the solution, then I don't know when it'll be. Mm. Enough so enough essentially,
0: enough. they're not staying customer centric in a sense.
1: Yes. Mm.
0: Are there um, any other fundamentals? I think this is inter- interesting, like yeah. customer satisfaction and pricing. Yeah. Are any other fundamentals Under, uh, yeah, that you other see are critical?
1: Other things are like some of the startups which I've seen in late lately. They are focused more on social service. Okay. So they are saying because how you attract investors, there are two ways. One is that show your innovation, show your problem. Mm. Uh, that problem is solved through innovation, a new idea, mm. right? And the other way is to. To show that show that you're doing some socials, you're helping the society, you're, you're helping the environment. Or okay. Like a lot of startups now they're talking about green startups, yes. eco startups, mm. or you know, helping people, women empowerment, mm. labour empowerment, or things mm. like that. Mm. So there are two ways like you talk about innovation. Mm. Is your innovation really uh, really an innovation or Will that fit in the marketplace? Yes. Like mm. so, will that innovation bring money mm. to your company? Yes. Okay. Is it so innovative that the market doesn't understand it?
0: Mm. Yeah. So it, it, people need to understand. People it, right? need to understand. Oh. It's
1: too complex. Or perhaps
0: they're not ready for it.
1: Yeah. yeah. So the model, the business model that you're thinking about, the innovation that you're thinking of, the model. Mm. Whether it is really acceptable, whether it will work in the market, mm. right? If you come up with the technology, whether this will really give you revenues, mm. like the Snapchat, you know how mm. it was incorporated. Initially, mm. they thought that okay, they they came up with this idea, but they were not sure whether this will be accepted by people. Mm. But they were lucky that people really loved this, mm. and it grew. But many other startups they focus on quite innovative ideas but they're not sure whether this will work accepted by customers, accepted by people. Mm. So, you have to find the right balance mm. um, when you're coming up because I you have a, a to,
0: top, to... A top example that comes to mind to me is virtual reality. Like, I think people aren't ready to be immersed because for, personally for me, within my social circles, I'm not sure about you but mm-hmm. I don't know any friend that spends a lot of time in virtual reality So I'm, mm-hmm. but I would think that in a sense it's very innovative. Like, Trying a different, but uh, it's a different tech altogether. But, uh,
1: yeah, it's a tech, but it's. I think it's still acceptable because mm. it has got some uses as far mm. as education is concerned, or mm. other, you know, training, skills training, or mm. other things are concerned. Mm. So, I think virtual reality will be useful in future. Mm. But uh, let me talk about blockchain, or oh, you yes. know, some new. Is example. that an example? Yeah, there. There are a couple of companies that I've worked with mm. in blockchain, there are some solutions which may not be acceptable by the people. Mm. So, or which are already, uh, uh, okay, that, that's one end. That's mm. another end is that maybe already there. Have you mm. done your, uh, you know, you, because when you are working for us, when you are an entrepreneur, mm. you're so passionate about your idea that you do you think that you have the you are the only one who got the idea? Yeah, others don't have it. And most of <laughs> the
0: time, actually, other people have thought about it. Exactly. Executed, so there was the one startup
1: which came uh. to me, and they said we want to raise finance, and I evaluated that in five minutes mm. I could get so many competitors, mm. which they had not identified. Mm. So. I came I went back to them I said okay this this kind of technology already exists mm. this kind of service is already provided by how Shon- are you different how are you different tell me so mm. the mail never returned they, they, they never replied back to oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that so mm. you have to come up with something which is acceptable which is uh, new okay if it should not be so new mm. right and you should look at the competitors as well yeah. like you know you should do your thorough work
0: because sometimes i think when you're obs- yeah when you're obsessed with an idea you tend to be ignorant is it you're just yeah. working your you're oh, so passionate
1: sure. you just love your idea so much that you think that you are the only one who mm. knows this idea who has done this idea right mm. so you have to do your You have to look at your other people do some research on that and then come
0: okay yeah. oh I get okay, we have discussed a lot of uh, macro things very interesting things as well I, yeah. I find the se-
1: that second point I was talking about social work right yes. so some companies they want to do social work uh, like they want to solve problems like I, I had a, mm, I had a startup Came for financing, the startup was re- into solving the problems of drivers. Mm. Um, so, I s- th- when I sent that for financing, mm. I shared it with the investors. Investors' feedback was that you know we are not interested in this kind because where is the profitability?
0: Mm. Margins are low. Margins
1: so margins are low. So, it, what investors want is attractive. Potential, you know, potential skill. Yes. Yeah. So if you're focusing too much on the social service and not generating enough profitability and revenues, mm. then also it is a problem. Mm. So you have to strike a balance where you pitch in, you make it attractive by saying, okay, we are solving a problem. So we are doing some social service. But at the same time, make sure that you are earning enough profits as well.
0: So the main chase is make sure you have profits. Yeah. But it will be a bonus if you could contribute to the world in more of like a social uh, related mission in a sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think a few days back I was searching to surfing through my LinkedIn uh, wall. I came across a post and Mm. it said that investors are looking for cockroaches.
2: Okay. Why?
1: (laughs) Smaller ones who are more stable and moving step by step you d- can cut d- this off <laughs> that's
0: interesting <laughs> okay I know we have discussed mm. a lot of macro issues right mm. uh, to end off this podcast right mm-hmm. can you share me share with me the best advice have you ever received in your life me yes received the, the best advice you have got like in terms of your interaction with your husband with your father with uh, notable professors in their field who are very established in terms of interacting with entrepreneurs is there that kind of single advice or lesson that the single best lesson or advice that you have ever received.
1: Okay. So based on first, first lesson, based on my life from my high school to today, yes. I've learned that determination is one thing that can actually build you up. So keep focusing on yourself. Keep building. And this comes with my husband's as well as well. Uh, that keep investing in yourself. So every time I earned money, I invested in myself also. I was lucky because I, uh, you know, I did not have to use it for my household yeah. things. Yeah. But it's a good advice that always, if you are a graduate, earn something, keep some money aside first for investing in yourself. So every level, keep investing in yourself. That will build you up. And with that comes determination, right? So you have to be determined to reach that level where you want to be. So you have to see yourself. When it comes to my career, I I wanted to be established, recognized. Uh, but God gave me from God gave me different paths, different stories, yes. you know. Today, so in China, you yes. know, there is a there's a saying that don't think that you like for example if you want to become a doctor right from childhood you decided you want to become a doctor you will not you may or may not become a doctor in the end right so life throws you or puts you on different paths different challenges if you are on that path or challenge like is thrown at you accept that and then build your own story build your story again so every time I move from one country to another I built my story, like I I worked, I got experience, mm-hmm. I worked, I got experience, so I let go of my past that okay, I was at this level in India, why have to do this, like that. So that's the learning I got, you know, just accept what life is throwing at you and be determined, work hard, you'll be there. And keep investing.
0: Mm-hmm. Because I think it's interesting, there's a lot of talk around millennials about Mm -hmm. saving money, investing in the world, blockchain, Bitcoin, other investments. But I think there's not enough discussion about investing in yourself. And I think you should invest in yourself in that sense. One year from now, it will be the best year of your career. Mm. What tangible things would need to happen to make it the best year for your career thus far?
1: Tangible things for my career? Yes. I would like to have a portfolio of clients in Mm. Singapore and Mm. worldwide and uh, want to be a reputed Mm. corporate trainer executive Mm. educator Mm. and why I want to do so because what I have learned over these 18 years Mm. and uh, from 2008 onwards especially the 12 last 12 years working with executives Mm. I feel that you know I I don't know I feel that I should be able to I can, I can do a good job. Of you can whatever. give value from your yeah.
0: experience and your research as well.
1: Yes. Mm. So, the the thing that I have done in... Okay, one ex- one more thing I can talk about is that whenever I was thrown into new challenges, like new courses, every time, I, I took that challenge. So, I taught different courses in the universities. I was not restricted to only finance or accounting. I could teach strategy. I could teach economics. And uh, I've learned a lot from there. So, As an individual also when you're teaching new courses, you're doing more research. So that research has helped me to build up my knowledge and that is what I want to now share. And I want to keep researching, keep giving. And uh, there is a large database or large reserve of research Done by university professors, mm. which is there. Not utilized. Not utilized okay. by the corporates. Yes. So, my objective is to transfer that knowledge to the industry, mm. and that I plan to do through webinars mm. or sessions. You know, I would like to do interview sessions with the professors mm. or just crystallize that research and share it through my portal. Mm. So, that is my aim, you know. As far as my academic career is concerned, I would like to pursue that.
0: Dr. Nisha, thanks so much for taking the time to come down. For anyone who's interested to reach out to you, where can they find you?
1: Uh, You can approach me through my website. Mm. The email address is there.
0: Mm. I'll link it up in uh, the video (laughs) description.
1: Yes, and my channel on YouTube is also there, Nishwin Consulting, there I've shared my email address and the phone number. Mm. And my LinkedIn profile, you Mm. can always text me. So I'm very open, I'm very... I'm, I can respond to almost all the messages. Mm. Um, yeah, so you can send me connection request. You can follow me on Instagram. a lot of places you can get in touch with me.
0: Okay, th- thanks so much for joining, on me, joining me on this podcast.